Welcome to episode 74 of the Girl About the Globe podcast. In this episode, I'm covering the top travel destinations in 2022 for solo female travellers. If you're looking to plan a trip this year but are unsure where to go, this episode is for you. Stay tuned. Welcome to Girl About the Globe, a podcast for you as a solo female traveller. Empowering women to travel solo with maximum adventure, minimum impact. It really does feel as though travel is going to make a comeback this year. And although there are still some restrictions in some destinations, it definitely does feel like a year of optimism. So if you haven't yet made your plans for your solo trip, I can't believe it's the end of February, but if you're still deciding where to go this year then I've put together a few of my favourite countries and also recommended countries for solo female travellers. It doesn't matter whether you're in Europe or North or South America, Africa or Asia. You don't need to go far to be able to explore one of these destinations so I really hope that this podcast episode is going to inspire you to go to a destination that maybe you hadn't thought of before. One of the top destinations that is probably on your bucket list, it's definitely on mine, is Antarctica. I think the pandemic has just made a lot of us realise that it's now or never and to not put our plans and goals on hold, having been on hold for nearly two years for for some of us. So if you do have a travel destination that's on your bucket list and it's a once in a lifetime opportunity... This is the year to do it, obviously, provided on the restrictions. Antarctica is definitely one of those destinations. I haven't yet been. It is on my list. And I haven't been because A, it's so expensive. And B, I'm also a bit scared about getting travel sick on the Drake Passage. It does say that the Drake Passage can either be really smooth or it can be a bit choppy. So hopefully I will get there at some point, but not this year. But if you've ever wanted to go to the seventh continent and see the icebergs, the whales and journey through the Drake Passage, then Antarctica is a top destination for the adventure girl about the globe, the wildlife girl about the globe because of all the animals that you see and winter girl about the globe because it's obviously so icy and cold. Austria is a stunning European country. It's got really pretty architecture and a really good rail network, which makes it easy to get around. I always think that solo female-friendly destinations are ones where it's easy to get around and the locals are friendly and there's also a lot to do. So the ease of going to that place as a female traveller. You can do different walking tours. And if you're a fan of the sound of music, you can join one of those tours as well. Vienna is the capital and it's one of my favourite cities. It has a really good coffee culture and I just really enjoyed cafe hopping there. It's also got a lot of galleries and museums as well. Salzburg, as well as being known for the sound of music, it's also been nicknamed the Rome of the North because of its churches and its cathedrals. And there's even a monastery where monks brew their own beer. And then you've also got Innsbruck, which is a place for adventure seekers where you can do any outdoor activity that you've ever desired. I visited Austria in the summer months and I went to the Alps. You can also do hiking in the summer months and cycling. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a winter destination where you go and ski. Argentina, I've only been to Buenos Aires in Argentina. I still have yet to make it to Patagonia, which is meant to be absolutely stunning. 
But Argentina is the place to learn to do tango. You can go and do a tango lesson or to eat an Argentinian steak, which it's very known for. The capital is very vibrant. There's also the wine regions. There's a lot of different tours that you can do within Buenos Aires and there's a lot of different regions within the capital city as well. If you love wine, you could head to Mendoza or as I just mentioned, you can head to Patagonia for an area of glaciers, ice fields and mountain peaks. One important thing to note in Argentina is that people do eat a lot later. So expect to have lunch at least two o'clock, expect to have dinner nine or 10 p.m. and expect people to go out clubbing and go out partying after midnight. So the time schedule can be very different depending on where you come from. Argentina is also quite expensive, but you can get by here on not speaking a lot of Spanish. Bali. Bali is a popular choice for solos. I haven't been to Bali since 2001. Nowadays, it's a digital nomad hub. So if you work online or if you want to take a bit of an extended trip, but you still need to do some work, say for the the final few days or week that you're away, then Bali is a good choice because you can work from there. It's also very cultural as well. It's Hindu, I believe. There's a lot of nature there. It's good for partying. It's good for surfing. You've also got the monkey forest, so it's good for wildlife going about the globes. They also have their traditional Balinese massages and a lot of yoga retreats, so it's very good for wellness and spirituality. There are also UNESCO World Heritage Sites. And if you have time, you can also visit the Komodo Islands, where you can see the largest living lizard in the world. And they are huge. Colombia. I might be a bit biased with this country because I did live there for 18 months before, but there is a, just a reason that I love it. The locals are extremely friendly in Medellin, and that's why I just really loved living there. It did used to be known for Pablo Escobar and narcos and the drug cartels but nowadays it does have a bit of a digital nomad hub to it and it has a reputation of more of entrepreneurship and transformation and hope. There are still some parts of the country that are out of bounds but what I love about it is it's very diverse. You've got the coffee plantations, you've got the Caribbean cities say for example in Cartagena which is very different from Bogota and Medellin. You've got the mountain landscapes the street art and funky vibe in Bogota. You can go diving off the Caribbean coast. You've got the tall wax palms in the coffee region. And they've even got a semi-desert, which is really cool. Outside of the cities, you do need to be able to speak a little bit of Spanish here. So you might want to take a tour if you feel a bit more comfortable in Colombia. Croatia has always been a popular destination, especially Dubrovnik, which is known for its cruise ship tourism. I have read that they're limiting the amount of cruise ships that go into Dubrovnik now because the old town used to get very overrun with tourists. There is a gorgeous ancient city walls, which is the highest point of the old town that you can walk along. There's also the Dominican Monastery, where you can see the Renaissance and Gothic cloister and collection of art. You definitely need to take the cable car to the top of the hill because it gives you some amazing panoramas of the old town and the islands. There's also a museum of the Homeland War on top, which gives you the history about the war and when Dubrovnik was actually bombed. Dubrovnik is one of the most popular destinations here, but 
If you're a digital nomad, then there are also other destinations popping up that you might be interested in, such as Zadar, I believe, or Zagreb. And then you've also got Split, which is the hub for where you can go sailing. So you could combine one of the Croatian destinations with a week sailing trip across the Dalmatia coast. Estonia is one of those very cheap countries that doesn't take a lot of time to travel around. I visited it a few years ago and I had no expectations of it and I really enjoyed it. It's incredibly safe, it's great for those on a budget and you can also combine Estonia if you had a bit longer with Lithuania and Latvia as well. You'll find all sorts of activities there so you can stay in a former Soviet prison or you can go bobsledding or husky dog sledding. It's got a really colourful, cute old town and good nightlife. So it's very easy to meet others there. Also, the hostels there are amazing. They really know how to do hostels. So they do have a friendly social vibe with so many different tours you can do and a lot of evening tours. One of my favourite things to do when I travel is visit emerging destinations. So visit destinations where maybe not that many solo female travellers have documented that they've been to. Georgia is one of those destinations. It may not be on everybody's radar, but it's definitely grown in popularity. I found it very easy to travel alone there. I based myself within Tbilisi, and then I was able to do a lot of day tours from there. And then traveled to Batumi, which is on the Black Sea coast in Georgia, which is so different from Tbilisi. It's like a mini version of Dubai. It's doesn't seem very Georgian it's very very unusual but if you're worried about traveling around when you're solo then you can just base yourself in Tbilisi like I did at the beginning and you can do so many different day tours from there to go and visit the ancient cave monasteries. I also stayed in Kutaisi where you can also do day trips from there as well and there's a beautiful church in Kutaisi. It's definitely one for the intrepid explorer if you can speak Russian it will be fine here They don't speak that much English, but then if you're just doing tours and you're also staying in tourist accommodation, then you'll be absolutely fine. If you love beautiful islands, history and ancient temples, then stick Greece on your solo bucket list for this year. It's a country that is always popular and it's so easy to see why it's always popular. I fell in love with Greece a couple of years ago. I went to Athens. And I also went to the Saronic Islands and spent two weeks traveling around there solo. There are so many islands in Greece that I want to go back and see every single one in my lifetime. It's generally very safe for solo females because the locals are friendly and helpful as well. And even Athens, it wasn't overwhelming at all. There are co-working cafes that you can go there and there are groups where you can go and meet other people traveling solo. Santorini is obviously one of the most beautiful islands there. I haven't yet been, but if it feels like it's too romantic to you, then you can travel to Kos or Mykonos instead to meet other travellers. A sailing trip around Greece is a good idea if you want to see a little bit more of Greece, but don't really want to travel by yourself. It's a good way of island hopping and you also get to travel with like-minded other people as well. Hong Kong. I haven't been to Hong Kong for over 10 years. And I imagine it's changed because of the current situation with China. When I went, it was a very cultural place that was just very vibrant. It was full of skyscrapers and upscale shops. It's very interesting and 
if you're after a change in culture, then it's a good destination to to travel to. And if the city does get a little bit overwhelming for you, you can always go and visit one of the outlying islands, which have beautiful beaches and forests. There's the giant Buddha statue on Lantu Island. And also you can learn about the fishing heritage on Lama Island as well. This one is on my bucket list for 2022, Iran. There's something about the Middle East that I just find very intriguing. Iran is part of the ancient Silk Road, which was a trade route between the East and the West. I was lucky enough to visit Uzbekistan a few years ago and see some of the stunning mausoleums and the incredible landscapes. And I've heard that Iran is very similar. So I'm really excited about being able to go there. Iran also has a reputation of having some of the friendliest people you will ever meet. I have heard that you do need a guide to be able to travel within Iran to get the visa. You're not able to go there and just travel independently. Japan is another destination that I want to visit. I've only ever been here when I stopped one night at an airport hotel. There just seems to be a lot to do here, so I'd love to visit and see Mount Fuji for starters. And then also Hiroshima, which was the city that recovered from the atomic bomb. Tohoku is meant to be home to mountains and more of Japan's Zen temples. I think that's one of the appeals for me is the Buddhist culture. And I'd also love to go to Tokyo, which just seems very crazy, with a very fast-paced way of life. Obviously, people go here to visit the cherry blossom season in March and April. But apparently, if you do visit between July and August, then you can see Mount Fuji at its most beautiful. London, obviously, it's my home capital. Every time I go there, I just see a different area of it. There are so many different areas to explore. So much to see and do that you just need at least a week there. I used to live in London for two and a half years and I still didn't see hardly any of it. So the highlights include the British Museum, you can go to the Shard and see an amazing view, Buckingham Palace, obviously, London Eye, St Paul's Cathedral, Camden Market. You do need to just be careful of pickpockets and as with any capital city, you just need to have your wits about you in London. Nicaragua is a country that I visited a few years ago. I love destinations that have volcanoes and Nicaragua is one of them. Volcano boarding is something that I tried for the very first time in Lyon. So if you do go there, you definitely have to do that kind of tour. The Lyon Cathedral is just stunning. And then you've also got the Yellow Cathedral in Granada. And you can take a day trip to Laguna de Apoyo, which is a natural lagoon inside a volcanic crater. Islands to explore. You can go to Isla de Ometepe. And if you want to see Caribbean islands, you can fly, which I recommend to fly rather than take the boat because it can take about six hours from the boat, to the Corn Islands and see Big Corn or Little Corn. I did get some attention in Nicaragua and I also recommend being a bit vigilant on Little Corn Island at the time when I went. But if you're streetwise, then Nicaragua is a really great Central American destination to visit and you're bound to meet other travellers and backpackers going through Nicaragua. Norway. Norway has got to be on the list because it's so incredibly safe. Yes, it is expensive, but if you want to go and watch the Northern Lights or you want to go and take a fjord cruise or whale watching, learn about Viking history, it's the destination to go and do that. I've spent six weeks there in total 
And I do really love the country. Even if you go there in the summer, you can experience the midnight sun. So it doesn't necessarily have to be all about husky sledding and skiing in the winter. Whatever time of year that you go, there is just breathtaking scenery there. Poland, I've been to Krakow and Warsaw. Krakow is one of my top favourite cities in the world. Again, I had no expectations of it. I got there and I just found it extremely safe. It's very cheap. So much to see, no matter what your interests, whether you're into history or if you just want to go and explore salt mines. You can do ghost tours in the evening, which I did. I stayed just outside the old centre and there's so many different tours that you can do. So it's very easy to go and meet people, especially a lot of different kind of walking tours. If you do go to Warsaw, you can learn about the uprising at the Warsaw Rising Museum. And for dark tourism, you can also visit the concentration camp at Auschwitz, which is an experience and, and an education in itself. You can also go skiing in Poland. Portugal. This seems to be an extremely popular destination this year for solo female travellers. I've spent nearly a month in Portugal and I went back and visited different areas in October, November time. And I can see why solo female travellers go there. You have Lisbon, which is the country's hilly capital and it's an ideal starting point, really. Then you have Lagos in the south and the Algarve, which is known for its colourful limestone cliffs and natural wonders. You've also got Douro, which I went to, which is beautiful, which is known for its production of port wine in the Douro Valley, the UNESCO city of Porto. You can go surfing in Peniche. So many different areas you can go to. And it is very budget conscious. One observation is that if you go outside of the cities, I went to Peniche and Coimbra, the transport isn't really what you would expect from a European country. It's still kind of rustic travelling because you don't really know what time the transportation is going to leave. You can go to the main bus stop and the main bus stop is closed, for example. So you just need to do quite a lot of planning if you do go outside of the cities in Portugal. The Algarve is different to that because it is a lot more touristy. And you may want to hire a car, which is quite a good way of getting around. There are buses as well, but hiring a car and travelling yourself around Portugal seems to be the way to go. Puerto Rico is one of my favourite places in the Caribbean. I spent five weeks in Puerto Rico. What I love about it is its fusion between American and Spanish. So you just got that Latin vibe and it's and it also has a fusion of cuisine because of that. So if you love salsa dancing, it is the place to go. I love the fact that there are two islands you can also explore. One of them has got one of the top beaches in the world. And the other one has, so Columbra and Viquez. The other one has a bioluminescent bay where you can go kayaking at night and because of the algae under the water, it just lights up. It's a really magical, different experience. There are only a few places you can do that in the world. Rwanda is on my list for this year. And I want to go there because of the rise in sustainable travel. It has a capital city that's banned plastic bags. It also has different social impact projects that you can visit and eco-properties, it does have a very tragic past with the Rwanda genocide that happened in 1994, but it's building a new identity since then. 
It's meant to be very welcoming to travellers and you can get minibuses that take you around the country. If you've heard of Rwanda, you may have heard of it because of the gorilla trekking, because it is one of the top destinations for gorilla trekking. And you can also see chimpanzees as well. It's a good choice for the nature and the wildlife going about the globe. The gorilla trekking is over $1,000, I believe. I think maybe even $15,000. So you do need to save up for this destination or you can do what I'm hoping to do and go to neighbouring Uganda and combine it with Rwanda and do gorilla trekking in Uganda, which is meant to be slightly cheaper. Gotland is the friendliest country. Well, Ireland's actually one of the friendliest countries as well. But not only is it welcoming, it's just surrounded by beautiful nature. There's so much tradition there. And you don't have to be completely solo here either because there are really fun tour companies that take you through the country. So you can stop at whiskey factories and go and visit the Isle of Skye and see the scenery in the Highlands. If you like locks and want to go and see the famous Loch Ness which was one of those pinch myself moments obviously I didn't see the Loch Ness monster but it's a destination with bagpipe kilts you can learn Scottish dancing it's just a really fun welcoming friendly safe destination for Salafima travellers. South Africa might seem like a bit of a strange country to put on the list because it's not really known for its safety but it is known for its safaris You can go there on an organised trip and you can go and do your safari and see the big five. I was there solo for three days before I joined an overland camping trip and I was in Q&V waterfront in Cape Town. Seemed very safe at the time and I also took the cable car to the top of Table Mountain for amazing views. It is a fascinating place. It's got amazing beaches, great wine and it's good for wildlife lovers and you can also learn about the tribes there. But you may want to take a tour if you feel more comfortable. Sri Lanka may not be on your radar. Maybe India is somewhere that you would prefer to go instead of Sri Lanka. But Sri Lanka has a very unique culture. You've got the traditional fishermen on stilts. You have all the different Sri Lankan curries. There's a temple of the tooth in Kandy. And it's also known for its elephants. So there are UNESCO World Heritage Sites there. It has a Buddhist culture. It's definitely one for the cultural solo. It can take a long time to get around. So you may want to base yourself in a beach area and then also combine that with the capital. Colombo, but definitely make sure that you visit Kandy when you're there. You may not meet that many other solo travellers in Sri Lanka, but if you're interested in elephants and culture, then it is a very interesting destination. Switzerland is one of those safe countries for solos. Obviously, it's more expensive, but you can't really beat it for scenery. It's up there with New Zealand for me. You can take the train to the top of Europe for snowy peaks. You can just go chocolate shopping in Zurich. You can visit Lucerne. Lucerne is really pretty and you can take the panoramic gondola up to Mount Pilatus. You can go bungee jumping or or you can head to Interlaken and go hang gliding. You can take the Jungfrau Railway to the top of Europe. There is so much to see in Switzerland and they have a fantastic travel system, but the trains are quite costly. So I do recommend getting a Swiss pass 
if you're going to be there for a while and you are looking at taking a lot of trains they do have panoramic trains there as well so you can see it through the roof when you're traveling through the country thailand is a destination that i recommend for first time solos yes it's on the list <laughs> again i don't think this buddhist country will ever not be good for solos the people are incredibly friendly. It's called the Land of Smiles. Obviously, it has very good tourist infrastructure, very good up to tourism. You could probably argue it's too good up for tourism and maybe some areas have lost a little bit of its culture. But it, it is easy to travel through and there are a lot of places where you can meet other solo female travellers there. Bangkok can be a bit of a culture shock when you first arrive. So I do advise heading to the kind of backpacking area if you're traveling through as a backpacker you can find out more information on the solo travel in thailand destination page on the girl about the globe website for different areas to go and where to meet others but thailand in general just has amazing beaches you can travel north for more culture and hill tribes and if you like partying they have full moon parties so it's kind of got everything that you need for a solo female traveler as I mentioned earlier, I was lucky enough to go to Uzbekistan a few years ago, three years ago now, I think. And it's a destination that if you have an interest in the ancient Silk Road, it's one of those destinations that you need to visit. Out of Central Asia and the countries classed as the Stans because of the ending of their name, Uzbekistan, for example. Uzbekistan has, I'd say, the best tourism infrastructure. It has high speed trains along some of the routes. I visited Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan all at the same time and Uzbekistan definitely stood out as a destination that would be very easy for solo travellers to go to. There are quite a lot of tourists there as well and you do find other women travelling there by themselves. There are many monuments to see in the country and the most famous is the Registan in Samarkand. but there are also impressive monuments all over the country. So if you like ancient history and the Silk Road, Uzbekistan is a relatively easy country to explore as a solo. Or you can just get a tour if it's easier for you. So there you have it. That's my list for destinations in 2022. I'm hoping to get to some of these myself. I've been lucky enough to have been to the majority of them, but I definitely would like to go to Iran and Rwanda this year, plus whatever other country I can squeeze into 2022. If I have inspired you to visit some of these destinations, then you can actually find an article of the top 25 solo destinations in 2022 with the relevant links to any of our solo guides that we have on the Girl About the Globe website. Happy planning. Thanks for listening to our Girl About the Globe podcast, making solo travel easier for you. Find everything that you need for your solo travels at girlabouttheglobe.com and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.